This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. We are at the happiest place on earth. No, not Disneyland. We're at Finley Cadillac. Damon's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the Finley Cadillac car dealership. Hanging out here for the next hour, maybe hanging out a little bit longer than that. Definitely encourage you to come on by like my man Juan the Smasher did. He came by, got hooked up. My man Vegas Jess is in the building. All we need is you. Got plenty of prizes here for you. Got tickets, got T-shirts, cups, whatever you need, we got it. Plus, on top of that, there's Cadillacs sitting around us. I mean, literally, there's a Cadillac sitting right next to me. They trust me next to this Cadillac. I've earned that, though. I have earned that. I put in my work. I put in that work to have that XT4 350T next to me. See how it just rolls off the tongue? <laughs> See, it just it rolls off the tongue so smooth. XT4 350T. I don't know what kind of uh, Cadillac I need to get Demon, or not I need to get, but I need to get Demon in. I don't know. I don't know how he. I don't know if he would. A certain way you got to you got to be a certain kind of person to drive a Cadillac. Yeah, a certain way you drive Cadillacs. He's not I'm just, not a Cadillac man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You didn't even. You never knew about sand on the beach. You never heard of the saying, don't bring sand to the beach. Like, like, Dave, you, like Dave B. from the 757 said, hey, man, I think it's more of a West Coast thing. Hey, remember, You're on the West Coast. I'm from Ripley, Tennessee. <laughs> How long you been from Tennessee in your world? Doesn't matter. Oh, that's what I thought. Like, like, I was about to say, you went to high school in Pahrump. You're, you're a West Coast dude. I am, I'm from Tennessee, man. You know, I work hard to get rid of the accent, but I can bring it if it uh, needs to make an appearance. No, it doesn't need to make any kind of appearance. Right now, who's about to make an appearance is our guy. Graney from ESPN's Las Vegas. He's also from the Review Journal. Join us on the phone lines. And, Ed, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. And tell me this, Ed. Let me ask you this dumb question to start off. Have you ever heard of the saying, don't bring sand to the beach? Don't bring what to the beach? Sand. Oh, I, I grew up in Laguna Beach. I better have heard that. Okay. Okay. Thank you very <laughs> much. Is that just a West Coast saying? Because DeMond said he's never heard that before. I think it's more West Coast. I think it's more West Coast. I mean, but then again, I also know he went to prom pie, like you said. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 50-50 on if I'm blaming him or not. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, we can't, we can't really go off of what DeMond says. He also says he played basketball and was the captain of the team. And yeah. even his best friend for 12 years never saw him on the court. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll tell you one thing I know. I'm not, you've seen the car I drive, and it's not a Cadillac. <laughs> But no. it's got the it's got the Baylor sticker on it. So is that? I was going to say the most the most expensive thing on that car is the Baylor sticker, given how much I spent at that place. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, so I put my kid through school. I could add ten Cadillacs. Exactly. That is the that is the fact. The only reason that my son is in in school right now is because he worked his way there on his own. He got that scholarship, so that's why he's there. If not, he'd be that's out here working. He'd be out here yeah. cleaning some cars instead of worried about riding in the car. He'd be out here cleaning some cars, but. Ed, I wanted to ask you about what you heard this afternoon. We were both at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center for Dave Ziegler, and this is the first time I've ever had an opportunity to be there in front of him and talk to him. And uh, I was pretty impressed with what uh, what he was saying, the way he was saying it. It felt like he was very, as a matter of fact, calm, cool, and collective. What were your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think he probably learned well in New England, and now he's in charge, and he probably has been waiting for this, you know, this uh, spot for a long time. He really, really came off well. He came off personable 
came off at sometimes a little humorous, came off serious, talking about the draft. I think they've kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, they got their ducks in order for the draft. They probably are thinking more than we know. I would hope they would be in terms of what they want to do, whether it's move up, move down, players they've kind of identified. But I was really impressed with him. He's very calm, um, you know, took each question very well and was, you know, great answer. So I was really impressed with him. Yeah, no, I, I was as well. And, you know, you mentioned trade up, trade down. Uh, he kind of left the, the door open. Not that he was going to say, hey, I'm trying to trade up or I'm not trying to trade up or I'm trying to trade back. He's not going to come out and say that. But he almost left the door open there at the end where he said, you know, as of right now or something like that to that extent that we, we pick in the third round. It just it almost felt like that there's a chance that he, he may be looking to move up. Yeah. Um, it, there was a time – I'm trying to think of the press conference because it lasted for 40 minutes. Um, yep. I uh, – I patted our friend Cam from the uh, public relations department on the back because he has to transcribe it. And I said, oh, man, 40 <laughs> minutes, Cam. Right. Good luck to you. Uh, those are hard to do, those transcriptions. But there did seem a time where he didn't put out of realm that they would trade up and get into the second. I don't, you know, again, they'd have to really give up a piece to get into the first. But as again in the second, um, they might still have to give up someone. But I won't be surprised at all if we're sitting there where it would be on Friday night and he tries to move up. But you know what? I also wouldn't be surprised if he tries to get draft capital and, 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 and add picks and try to move back either. I mean, like he said, a lot of things go through their mind. I'm sure they've gone over every scenario. And I think a lot might have to do with, um, you know, responding on draft night, you know, right. reacting to, I mean, if they've fallen in love with someone we don't know and it's a second-round pick and, you know, the guy is there and they feel they have the capital to move, I think they'll move. But, you know, if they haven't fallen in love with anyone and they think it's a deeper draft at certain spots, I wouldn't be surprised if he moved back either. So that's the cool thing about the draft. We don't really know. Um, there's, a, there's my birds in the background. How about nice. that? I like it. Um, yeah, well, yeah, they, they, they have something to say about the draft. Um, uh, we don't really know, which always makes it exciting to me. I mean, they probably you know kind of have an idea what they want, but maybe they don't either. Like I said, you, know, you never know who's going to fall. You never know who's going to drop. And I thought he came off really well with all his answers. He was he was impressive today. I, I had not been around, I didn't go to the owners' meetings, so the last time I was around him was at an introductory press conference. Um, but he really came off as a bright guy. Yeah, no, he did. I was very impressed from what we heard, and like you said, the the time that he took to answer every single question and very yeah. thoroughly. And as a matter of fact, and again, I've said it multiple times, and I, I don't want to make it sound like you know I'm just thinking that he's the end all be all or this new regime's gonna take the team to the promised land. But it just feels like it's been so calm, like they've done everything with a sense of purpose and so calm. And that's the sense I got today listening to him talk at the presser. It was just it was calm, but it was as a matter of fact, and he just really kind of knew what he was talking about. You know. Ed, another thing was, you know, I asked him the question about what is he looking for, like what kind of traits is he looking for in football players, and some of the things that he mentioned, he's, it sounded like what, you know, Gruden and Mayock had said, you know, guys that love football, guys that are accountable for their actions, you know, but like one of our texters said that, that he feels like this regime will be patient enough to actually execute that. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I think they want to win now, and I think they have who they believe they have to win now. So I think, as he said in the draft, you know, you get third, fourth, fifth round. You don't really know if there's guys that are going to be making an immediate impact. And I think that's where the patience comes from. I don't think he's going to go into this thinking, boy, you know, we're short on the offensive line here in the fourth round. I'm going to get a guy and a kid, and he's going to start for us. Right. You know, he's probably going to be the next person. So I think what they've done in the offseason with Devontae Adams and others, you and I have talked about this, they're in a win-now mode. And when you're in a win-now mode, you probably can approach the draft differently in terms of who you're getting and, you know, what you think they can do now. 
They've been very calm, like you said. There hasn't been a lot of big-time headlines. I mean, obviously, the biggest headline was Derek Carr. You know, there was a little, I don't know, controversy is the right word, but there was a little stuff there in terms of how the, uh, you know, the contract structured and all that. Right. But if that's your biggest headline in terms of how a contract structured in the offseason, you've done pretty well keeping things in-house and just going about your business. And while Raider fans probably want more and more news every day, I get that. You usually want a, you know, uh, as much as you give the Patriots a hard time, they've done it and won a lot. And I think these guys are a lot like that. You keep things in house, you go about your business, and you don't really, you, you know, you don't really create a lot of drama. And I think they learn the Patriot way, and people might not like that, but you know what? You sure would like the success they've had. <laughs> right, exactly. That's facts. Anyone would have no problem with that if uh, the success came with the, the ways that they operate. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, I agree 100%. We're talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So right now, just say that they stay there and they have five picks starting in the third round, pick 86. What do you think that they need to come out of the, the draft with next week? Well, I do think they need to look at offensive line. I mean, I think you and I have talked about it. It's beating the horse, you know, it's beating the horse, the drum. It's just one of those things where if you look at every position they've upgraded, if you look at everything they've done in the offseason, I, I don't think that the – we had Lincoln Kennedy on the show this morning. I don't think the five we see on the depth chart now are the starters. And now, again, do you get a starter in the draft? I don't know about, shit, about that. That's probably post-draft free agency where you look at more like that in terms of guys who can play right away. But I do think they need an offensive line. And then depth, you know, you've got positions like linebacker, corner, other 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 those positions. But, hey, if you go third round and then your next pick and you've got two really good offensive linemen in your mind, guys that come in and challenge or create depth, then pick both offensive linemen. He's, you know, you asked him the question today about versatility, which was a really good question. He likes versatile athletes and versatile players. But, you know, to me, you know, he's – I know it's a cliche, but it's true. He said he wants the best football player available. And then you worry about positions later. I don't know if they always go with that. I think sometimes they go positions. But if the best player on the board is an offensive lineman, I would certainly jump on him. Right, exactly. And, and I'm with you. I don't think that the starting five is on the roster right now. Uh, we'll no, see how either. it all shakes out. But it feels like if they decide that they're going to basically run it back with what they have, that's probably not a recipe for winning. I mean, it's just it's simple as that. And, and I'm not trying to be ugly about it, but it just feels no. like that that's, that's what the situation is and that they need to definitely get uh, some more additions to that, that roster. So uh, as far as just you know what he's been able to do, Dave Ziegler that is, and, and the rest of the regime, I also asked about Champ Kelly and how much that that helps. And he seemed like he was very happy with, with being able to delegate a lot of that work to Champ Kelly. What were your thoughts on what he had to say about Champ? Well, he obviously loves him and the job he's doing. And, you know, that's the important thing, you know, not only Champ Kelly, but there were questions about Josh McDaniels and do you guys think along the same lines? Look, you know, you don't always have to agree on everything, and sometimes it's better if you don't because that creates conversation. But obviously, like, what Champ's doing on his end of the things comparative to what the professional side of things, and you have to have that camaraderie between each other. So he liked him, obviously, he brought him in, uh, loves what he's doing. And, you know, I think sometimes, I think Ziggler would say this, that, as I said, it's not, you know, you don't always want to agree on everything. Uh, so maybe Champ will challenge them with some things, and I think that's a good thing, too. I think sometimes you need people challenging them, and I don't know how it worked in New England. You know, the cliche about England, New England is that Belichick does everything. Maybe that's true, maybe that's not. But Ziggler seems to me a kind of guy who will do the give and take with people. He just didn't come off as a, you know, be-all, end-all, it's my world. So whether it's Champ, whether it's Josh McDaniels, if there is a disagreement, he just came off as a guy who would listen. Now, maybe ultimately he makes the final decision. Someone has to. But I think between Champ and, and McDaniels and people like that, he's, you know, he's brought good people in, 
And, you know, they, they have different opinions sometimes. And, you know, I, I think that works. I, I, I don't know how you thought he came off, but to me, he came off as a guy who, you know, hires good people and listens mm-hmm. to what they have to say. And if there's a disagreement, uh, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll battle it out and someone will have to make the final decision. Right, exactly. No, that's exactly how I took it. And, you know, the one thing that I could appreciate that he said was uh, basically talking about Josh McDaniels and the other coaches that are contributing and, and giving their feedback. is like, okay, hey, what are you guys looking for? Okay, great. Let's go process that, and then we'll make a decision where before we all knew that the, the in the previous regime that the coach is the guy who made the final call. Yeah. Okay, you know, so. You know, it was all John, and, you know, it is what it is. That was John, and you know, we know that he had final decision on everything, and I think Ziegler probably has final decision on everything. Like I said, someone has to make a decision because push comes to shove and decision needs to be made. He's got to make the decision. But I think when there's more, you know, collective collective thoughts, uh, camaraderie that way, it can make for a better organization. I thought it was interesting. He said his staff is already working on next year's draft. Right. Um, I thought that was amazing given the draft hasn't even happened. Uh, but you know, he, you know, he opened the press conference by, you know, I thought was a pretty classy move by thinking everyone in the organization, you know, all the way down to the servers and the people yep. who work with them every day. I mean, that's, I thought that was pretty classy. I mean, for media, you know, you're sitting there, you want to ask questions and everything, but he opens with a statement and whether anyone uses that, those quotes or not, um, I thought it was a classy move by him. We had not seen that in the past out there. So I thought that was actually a pretty classy move. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Ed, before we let you go, final question for you. Uh, earlier today we found out that Debo Samuels has requested a trade from yeah. the 49ers. Uh, I feel like Devontae Adams, the move that the Raiders made with him, got the ball rolling on everything, Dude. like kind of opened the floodgate. <laughs> I mean, do, do you think that do you think that, that you know, kind of really got everything rolling? And I think oh. the, the Raiders caused a bunch of helter-skelter without even knowing it. It started everything, like you said, without even knowing it. They just made a deal for a guy. And now you've got guys teaming up with each other, saying none of them are going to report, um, all from different teams. Um, McLaren, Brown, all those guys. And now you've got Debo Samuel saying, I'm leaving um, or demanding a trade. Uh, so I won't blame the Raiders, but their Devontae Adams move certainly, like you said, opened the floodgates to a lot of guys having decisions. You know, this is interesting because Tyler made a good point on our show this morning. Does this create a change in rookie contracts? Um, you know, do you shorten them now to where if it's two years, you know, and then a guy, you know, if he, he reaches certain levels, you can, re- you know, renegotiate or they, you know, go to a different percentage because this isn't going to stop now. Right. So every rookie now or second year and third year guy before options are picked, they have these great seasons. They're going to demand trades. They're going to want more money. Um, the only problem with that is the quarterback position because you love quarterbacks on, sh- on, on rookie deals to not have to pay them a lot. But I'll tell you what. This is crazy, Hugh. Every day now you got new guys wanting more money. or And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm certainly, right. hey, look, there's a couple of receivers on the Raiders right now who deserve more money. Um, we'll see which avenues they travel. But you're right. Devontae Adams, without knowing it, really, <laughs> really led to some crazy stuff. You know, you, you mentioned about the, uh, what Tyler said about the shorter contract for rookies. I've always said this, Ed, and maybe I'm just delusional. If I'm a player, I'd want a shorter contract anyway. Right? I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they want a, a big-time contract, a long contract, to you know, feel like they're more secure. But we know in the NFL it's not guaranteed anyway. I would take a yeah. two- or three-year deal and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go out there and play my tail off, and I'll renegotiate in two years. That's cool. You know, like, kind of yeah, like he, Xavier Howard's doing anyway. I think a lot of guys nowadays will just bet on themselves. Right. Um, you know, in, 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 a, in a certain way, Derek Carr did that by agreeing mm-hmm. to that deal. He bet on himself. Um and we can go back over that. Like I said, um, you know, Ziggler was asked about that today. 
I don't think anyone believes that it's only one year, but that's how it's written, so you have to report it that way because that's how it's written. But in a large way, by agreeing to that deal, Derek Carr bet on himself and said, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to be a top eight or ten quarterback. We're going to win a bunch of games. And then you're going to, you know, we're going to go on to the next year at 33. And, you know, then it's going to be 40. And I'm just going to keep playing and you're going to love me. And, you know, I, you know, I think for Raider fans, they hope that's exactly what happens. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I think more and more guys want to kind of bet on themselves, even though it's a violent, hard game. Uh, you know, a lot of this isn't guaranteed anyway. So, in some sense, you might as well just bet on yourself and get a shorter deal and try to make money because, you know, a lot of it's not guaranteed anyway. Exactly. Hey, give me a two-year guaranteed contract or give me a one-year fully guaranteed contract. I'll take that because it's better than six years when only one year of it's guaranteed anyway and the rest of them are avoidable years. <laughs> give, give, give me Deshaun Watson. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, there at least you go. contract. Yeah, give him the contract. He can keep the drama. I don't need the drama. I'll take drama, the contract. I'll take the contract. <laughs> I heard I'll be that. able to buy a Cadillac. There you go. There you go. Well, I know a place that you could buy a Cadillac right where yeah. I'm sitting. Finley Cadillac, come on by and get hooked up. Ed, what do you got coming out on the RJ that uh, I need to be on the lookout for? Uh, we got um, our, all our draft coverage Sunday. We'll have a huge special section in the paper. I mean, we're going to go draft 24-7, uh, which would be really cool. We got video, writers, reporters. We'll cover that like a drum. I'll be seeing you down there. and Yep. That'll be really cool. So it's going to be here before we know it, and we'll we'll try to do our best to cover it. Yeah, no, we will, man. I'm so excited. You know, Ed, before I let you go, I know you've been here in Vegas for a, a very long time covering sports and everything. Has the city really understood yet, and do they understand yet how large of a sports market this has become quickly? I don't know if they do, Q, um, and, and that's I say that thinking that there's more pro teams coming. Right. Um, and more major pro teams coming. So – you know, I don't know if I've told you this. When I came here, the pro team was UNLV basketball. That right. was the pro team. We traveled with them. We covered them like a pro team. Lon Kruger was the coach. Uh, there was always whispers about, you know, major league teams. And then, you know, everyone said, look, the first one in will be the most beloved. Well, look what happened with the Golden Knights. Right. They're the most beloved because they were the first one in. They were the first one to take the chance on Vegas. Now the Raiders come. Uh, we don't know about the A's. You know, Tim Lewicki, I don't know if he's building an arena without hopes of an NBA team. He doesn't usually do things without a long-term plan. Uh, so I don't know if people really realize. And then all the ancillary, but, I mean, the WNBA is here. Obviously, a lot of these leagues, um, you have the Silver Knights, a lacrosse league, Wayne Gretzky's lacrosse league's coming, right. the indoor football. So I'm not sure people really have grasped it yet. But if they haven't, you know, just look around, listen to the radio, read the newspaper, and you realize how much is going on here. Right, absolutely. I'm loving it. I'm telling you right now, I'm loving every minute of it. It's just getting bigger, bigger, and bigger. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's hard to keep track of everything, but we're doing we're doing a good job, and we're having a lot of fun while we're doing it. So, Ed, yep. thank you so much for your time, my man. As always, I do appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you guys. All right, there he goes, Ed Granny from the RJ. And also ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. He's on with Tyler Bischoff every single morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on ESPN Las Vegas. 3.20 is the time. When we come back, we only have a few minutes before we get to Emily Buzzkirk. We uh, want DeMond to go through the Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator and see what he comes up with. Five picks long, no trade backs and all that other stuff. You're under the gun. I want to see what you do, and I want you to do it live while we're on the air. We'll talk about it. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Asking where we come from, South Coast Long. <laughs> we are live here at Finley Cadillac. 
Demond's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the Finley Cadillac actual car dealership hanging out, sitting here next to some beautiful rides. You need to come on by like my man Vegas just did. He came by and said, what's up, Juan? The Smasher came by and said, what's up? And I still have a few T-shirts left for you, a couple more cups left for you if you want to get hooked up. Definitely just come by and say, what up, though? We're going to get you hooked up. Coming up in a matter of minutes, we've got Emily Van Buskirk. Uh, she's uh, she was covering the USFL all past weekend, all last weekend, and uh, that had their opening weekend. They got a lot of eyeballs on the on the game, so I want to know what was the quality of the games in her opinion. Was it really good? Were people watching it because the action was great, or were they watching it because it was new and it was something that they were curious about? And, of course, we'll ask her about the, the, t- the situation that has now gone viral with uh, Coach Kerb releasing a player because he – well, the reason they say because – he ordered pizza instead of chicken salad, which is kind of silly, but we'll get to the bottom of it with Emily coming up around 3.30. Right now, Damon, you got the Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator pulled up in the studio? Uh, Yes, I got the set the speed on fast, and it's 50 picks ahead of me. Could I just skip to my pick? Is that a way to do that? Yeah, but are you on seven rounds? Do you, are you already on seven rounds? Do you see it at the top? It says rounds. Uh, Yes, uh, okay. we're going through round two in this simulated draft right now. You're already to go into round two? Did you just go one at a time? No, I'm just I'm the Raiders. I'm watching everybody else pick. Okay, so you you already went. So you already got your first pick in, or are you having? No, I'm still yet? I'm still waiting. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I'm entering the draft, and and you saw where Jacksonville asked you if you wanted to trade. So press start draft. I got 80 picks before me. All right, I started. I'm on like 15 right now. Oh, okay, you got 15 left in front of you. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. All right, so when you get to when you get to your pick at 86, tell me what you got. Cause I'm at. I'm behind you. All right, here we go. All right, go for it. Three, two, one. I'm on the clock. Okay, go for it. Quick, quick, quick. You're under pressure. You're under pressure. You're under pressure. You don't look like you're doing well under pressure. Brian, uh, excuse me, Brian Cook out of Cincinnati. Okay, did you punch it in? Yes, I did. Okay, all right. Uh, I saw that. That's a safety. You got him. Okay, Uh, I'm going to take, I have... Kellen Deesh, or I could take Sean Ryan. Since we got a call for Sean Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and draft Sean Ryan. Boom. That's who I picked. All right, go ahead. Uh, You know what? What? You did it wrong. Uh, Yeah, I did. I did. I just did the one pick. I told you to do all seven rounds. (laughs) But that pick was a B. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Okay, you failed. That's just like not ever hearing about, you know, don't bring sand to the beach. Unbelievable. All right, so in round four, I'm going to go ahead and pick, since you're not available, You'll have to go back and try to do it again. Ooh, there's not too many. Ooh, I could take another offensive lineman. It's crazy. I took I took the first offensive lineman, but Kellen Deesh is still available. I would almost be crazy not to pick him. That's another offensive lineman. I'm just going to go ahead and pick him. So that's two offensive linemen for me. Now I'm rolling 25 picks ahead of me. 20. I can't believe you did this wrong. I gave you simple instructions. Okay, well, I'm back now. Okay, where are you at? Have you made your picks? Took Brian Cook again. Okay, now we're just going to keep going. Okay, keep going. Tell me where you're at. I've taken two offensive linemen. I take, I took uh, Sean Ryan and I took Kellen Deesh so far. I'm, I'm going to smoke you in this. You took two offensive linemen. I know, but you need offensive line. You need protection. Protection's always. Have you ever heard that saying? Protect yourself. All right, I also took Kellen Deesh, though. Okay, so there you go. So you've gotten two two picks in. Okay, have you gotten down to the third round yet? Or not third round, excuse me, fifth round. This is where I start to fail. All right, I'm on the clock again. I'm going to make a good one here. Okay, this is where it's tough, man. This is where it's tough. Oh, man. The guys that I picked before are not there. 
Ooh, not good, Q. Not good. Oh, man, I'm going to end up taking, like, five offensive linemen. <laughs> All right, are you making a decision? Christopher Allen, DB at Alabama. Oh, okay. I didn't – oh, man, I'm going to take – I took uh, I took Curtis Brooks, defensive lineman out of Cincinnati. All right, go ahead. Oh, we got another. Pick. Oh yeah, we got the back-to-back -back picks. Dang it! See, that's why it's so difficult. That's why it's so difficult to do it. You got this. You got the back-to-back. -back. That was hard enough to get it. Uh, I'm gonna roll with uh, oh, Micah McFadden, linebacker out of Indiana. Who do you got? Josiah Ezadu, out of North Carolina. Okay. All right. And so then we're coming up to our final pick, right? Round seven, final pick. Let's see who gets the better grade here. I'm not feeling confident. I mean, this I'm telling you, you have an idea what you want to do, but when the bullets are live, man, and all of a sudden people start taking the guys that you want, you start to fail. All right. Um, all right, I'm going to go with this guy. Here we go. I pick Brock Purdy again, quarterback out of Iowa State. Now they're picking the rest of the draft, and they'll tell me my grade. Who would you pick in round seven? Devin Tompkins out of Utah State. Okay. Stay in your seat. It's great in your draft. That's what it tells me. No, I don't want to offer. Nope. Stay in your seat. Great in your draft. Here we go. It's about to pop up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> what if it just kept saying buffering? <laughs> All right. What'd you get? You get yours yet? It's, it's, no, it still says stay in your seat. Great in your draft. That's, All right. That's well, how bad I've done. Well, I'll tell you mine. What? My third round pick, Brian Cook out of Cincinnati, a B. Okay. Keelan Dyche. Out of Arizona State, A+. Plus. Ooh. Christopher Allen out of Alabama, F. <laughs> Call can't be winners. <laughs> Joshua Ezadu out of North Carolina, A-. Minus. And Devin Tompkins out of Utah State in the seventh round, wide receiver, a C-. Minus. That gives me an overall C. grade of a B+. Plus. Oh, okay. You got a B+. Plus. I'm still waiting for my grade. I feel pretty good. You know, in F, you know, like we said, they all can be winners. Maybe this Christopher Allen just in the league for a cup of coffee. Uh, mine is still buffering, and now it's reset. I failed. That's how bad mine was. It didn't even give me a grade. <laughs> also, <laughs> I, I, I panicked in that fifth-round pick because I knew we had them back-to-back, -back, but it was just like I panicked on the first one, and I went chalk. I saw I saw Alabama, and I panicked. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't a good <laughs> one to go chalk with. But, yeah, see how, see how much more difficult it is? We have a great idea of the plan, the execution, but when you go and try to actually do it when the bullets are live and everything and, and your guy that you had in your mind gets selected before you can go, all of a sudden you're in trouble. You are in trouble. Well, good stuff. I might do it one more time during the commercial break to see if I can actually get a grade this time because it literally said buffering, 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 and then when I pressed, uh, pressed F F5 to reset, it literally reset like I was playing the old school Nintendo, which you probably don't know about either because it's old. 329 is the time. When we come back, Emily Van Buskirk, she's going to join us to talk all things USFL. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. We're live right now. Finley Cadillac here in Henderson. Come on by, hang out with us. We're here till at least 4 o'clock. Been having a, a really good time. Been going through this pro football focus mock draft simulator. i just been trying to get my, my grade. I did this all night last night. Okay, here's my grade. Here's my grade before we get to our next guest. Oh, I did well. I got Sean Ryan in round three, a B plus. Kellen Deesh in round four, A plus. Curtis Brooks, uh, C plus in round five. Micah McFadden, a B in round uh, five. 
And then I close things out with Brock Purdy in round seven for a B plus, And then overall grade, A-. minus. I'm cooking with grease. <laughs> cooking with grease. Speaking of cooking with grease, Emily Van Buskirk. She joins us, joins us now on the phone lines from SidelineSass.com. And, Emily, thank you so much. I know that you were cooking with grease. You had a really good time this past weekend at, uh, covering the USFL. Did a, a great job covering the USFL. I was uh, checking out your Twitter feed the whole weekend long, just kind of keeping up with the action. And what was your overall feeling from opening weekend for the USFL? Hi, well, thank you for having me, first and foremost. Um, you know, it was an incredible experience, and I feel like I've used that word a lot in the last few days to describe it, but there really isn't a better way to say it. You know, it's a startup league, so obviously things are not going to be perfect, and I'm looking at you people on Twitter that are hating on, you know, certain aspects of the game. Um, but overall, the experience was great. The fans were very passionate, you know, that came out Friday night for the inaugural game and the home team. The players have been eager. The coaches are accessible. And, and the people who run the organization, I couldn't just say enough nice things about them, including, you know, Daryl Johnson, who's yep. the VP of operations for the league. So anything that Moose gets his hands on is going to be phenomenal. So it was great. You know, I wanted to ask you about that. How much does that help the league having someone that has a name like Moose Johnson does and, and knowing that, you know, the ins and outs of the NFL and, and what what fans are looking for and what teams should be looking for as well? How much does that help that league? I think it's a huge deal. You know, you look at the XFL and, and Dwayne Rock Johnson getting involved and people excited about this, but this league is different because being run in large part by somebody like Daryl Johnson who played – many, many years in the NFL, has always had players' uh, safety and advocacy as his forefront um, when he's doing things. It's, it's a big deal because I think it means that this league is going to be set up the right way to succeed. You know, they're putting the emphasis on the right things. Obviously, we saw, you know, that video of, of the one player being released and that story going around, and that's less than ideal. And, and I don't know, you know, we didn't talk about that a lot this weekend. I didn't really get any quotes on that. It wasn't spoken about. And I don't know how much, you know, is true, how much is not true about the situation. But there's, there's going to be things like that that happen. And it, they're going to overcome it because this league is very focused on players and, and getting them. I mean, even the coaches that we interviewed, you know, Skip Holtz, Holtz talked about this is setting these guys up to hopefully maybe have a shot at the next level. So I think it's everything that you have a guy like Dale Johnson running it. He was all over the place. Not only is he on the field talking to people, working things out, he was carrying coolers in yeah. underneath the stadium and, you know, helping get it, get it going because they did face the rain delay and, and the lightning. And that was like a big hurdle to overcome in the first, in the second day of the game. So I think that it's a big deal and it's going to be good for, for the months to come. Talking all things USFL right now with Emily Van Buskirk here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond in the Philly Cadillac Performance Studio has a question for you. Yeah, Emily, the first week of games were played in Birmingham, but it, does the league plan to move each week to a different city, or is Birmingham going to be where the rest of the season's games are played? So from what we were told, Birmingham is going to be the hub this year. You know, the coaches and players have been there for, I think, three weeks already. Um, which is another point I wanted to mention that these guys have only been around each other about a month. Um, but they've been stationed in Birmingham, and that's where the, the games this year are going to be. Protective Stadium, um, where UAB plays. It's, it's a brand-new stadium. It's gorgeous. 
Uh, it's a lot nicer than, than some other college stadiums I've been in. And it, there's a lot of fans. You know, people, people on the Internet want to say, oh, you know, no one knew about it, whatever. But people in Birmingham showed out. I mean, there were young fans, kids came in free. You can buy a ticket to one of these games for $10. And on a day like last Sunday when it was supposed to be three games, you're getting three football games worth worth for ten bucks. So, um, yeah, all the games are going to be there for this year. They're going to eventually, you know, have the game branch out to be the franchise's hometown. But I like that they're doing it this way this year because it gives the place a home, a stable environment where they can, you know, control and work out the kinks. Because what they're doing, especially with the the new camera angles and yeah. all of the access. It's different, and it's going to take a hands-on approach to work it all out. And so having everybody there and being able to fix it all in-house, that's a big deal moving forward to to create that seamless experience for fans and, and everybody. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the camera angles, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to talk to you about that. I saw that, uh, you know, Skycam took out a drone, you know, during the during the weekend. And so those kind of things are going to happen. But the different angles that they're experimenting with, I know they got the helmet cam, saw a pick six return on the helmet cam. I thought that that was cool. How many of these things, if they do turn out to be really cool angles and, and fans really start to appreciate it, how much do you think of, or how much do you think that could trickle into the NFL? That's a really good question because I don't think anyone's asked that whether or not we'll see it at the next level. Um, I know that when we were talking to Skip Holtz in the post game, he, he said that there are things in this league that we will see change football forever. And I don't know, he didn't go into specifics, but a lot of the coaches talk more about the rule changes than they did, you know, the access. But he did say that having the, the sideline reporter, you know, in his ear while he's calling plays, made him feel like he was at a Pro Bowl game or an All-Star game. You know, like he's a lot of excitement and a lot of stuff. And I think it's neat that the fans get to hear these plays being called. They get to see the players mic'd up um, during the game and not just like pregame and postgame. The players did say, you know, that we're going to hear some some live talk. It's something they forget that they're mic'd up. And so you're going to hear some things maybe safe for work or whatever it is. And I think that'll, that'll be like a, a concern going forward about what they're going to say and not say. So I don't know that we'll see that kind of freedom in the NFL just yet, but I think that's what makes this so special. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of it does trickle upwards into there because you're going to have the, the NFL is looking closely at this. They're looking at right. who they want to partner with going forward in, in one of these leagues, whether it's XFL, USFL or and and so forth so they're keeping an eye there were nfl people in the building watching so we'll have to see going forward what they use but i I would not be surprised if we see some of it trickle up i like it i do i I really do and if the nfl is paying attention to it and they've got you know they got the attention of the nfl then obviously they got a couple things that they're doing right for sure off top again talking with emily van buskirk here on unnecessary roughness radio nation radio 920 go ahead damon all right, Emily, when it comes to viewers and the ratings for TV, the USFL did a little bit over 3 million across all social media mm-hmm. platforms, 26 million views. Did anyone that you talked to down there in Birmingham, did they give you a number that would measure success for them? They, they, all we know is that that 3 point, I think it was 3 million and then 3.5 across all platforms at its peak at about 10.45 p.m. Um, all they said that that was, they exceeded projections um, they, they were hoping to do around, you know, that 3 million mark. So to even have it peak higher than that was something that they were excited about that they hadn't expected. But they, they did not share any benchmarks. Um, and these are good questions that I should bring back, you know, to the guys when I go back there. I'll definitely be asking them. Um, but they didn't share what would, what would dictate it as a success. 
And I think it's it's kind of early, you know, I think you would have to look at post like end of season numbers and see if you can have the continuation over the course right. of the game to get people to keep tuning back in. Because obviously everyone's going to tune in that first night to see what it's all about and whatnot. And I think I'm glad that was the game that was on first because what a game, you know, to, to kick it off. And then you're going to see a little dip. The next two games were not as exciting, you know, techno- technically sound. They were not <laughs> that, that sound. But um, I think over the course of the season, we're going to have to look at the numbers at the end and see if they manage to keep people coming back. That's going to be the, the milestone for them and the goal that they have moving forward. What do you think about the diversity as far as the coaches, the officials? You know, it looks like this is an opportunity for people that may not get that opportunity on the next level to also uh, slide into to being a coach like Coach Curb. You know, he was a longtime running back coach uh, in the NFL for the Raiders, and, and all of a sudden, you know, now he's a head coach there in the USFL. Do you think this kind of opens the doors for not only minorities but women as well? It absolutely does, and, and we got to see such a, a diverse range of people on staff, people working for the USFL, the officials themselves. I mean, there were four women that are going to be officiating um, in this league, which I think is just incredible. Hoping to see maybe some women in the staff moving forward, maybe some coaches. Always, you know, looking for women in the broadcast. I told, you know, Daryl, I said, if you need female up there calling the games, giving some color, I got you because nice. this is <laughs> it's incredible. I want to be a part of it. I think everybody does. But, no, this is definitely a place where you're going to get to see different stuff from different people. And that's what's so exciting, just whether it's the players, guys getting chances, second chances or and whatnot, and coaches getting to step into this. I mean, Holtz hadn't coached at the professional level. He coached so much in college, and he talked about just being happy to be here and coaching professional football. So I think we are going to get to see as they round these out, the staffs, and, and maybe make them a little bit bigger next year. We're going to get to see some names. Um, that we haven't seen in a while and that get opportunity. And I think that's what this league is about, is opportunity, whether you're a player, coach, or even a fan to get to, to see these guys play live. So it's exciting, right? Like, I'm, I'm stoked for it. Right. No, no, it sounds good. And, again, as I, I was following along on your Twitter account and seeing, you know, all the reporting about it, and, and I could tell that you were hyped up about it. And, I mean, I just, it's been so crazy busy here in Las Vegas. I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and, and pay attention to what's going on. But I'll tell you what, you did a, a great job covering it like a glove all weekend long, and even on Monday, <laughs> to be able to, you know, provide that cover. So we definitely appreciate you. And I'm assuming you're giving it two thumbs up for the opening weekend. A hundred percent. It wasn't perfect, and obviously there's things that work out, but I think just start to finish, they did such a great job. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's only going to get better. If it starts out this great, you know, as they adjust and move forward, it's, it's going to get better. And, and one thing that really stuck out to me was the level of play. I know there were some people hating on, you know, quarterback play, kicking, all that stuff, but you got to remember these guys have only played together three weeks or so. Obviously there's going to be rust, especially at the position like quarterback. Um, I don't have an excuse for the kickers. Hopefully they'll figure that out. I don't really know about that. But I think the position that really excelled was in the secondary. We got to see cornerbacks, safeties, even a little bit of linebacker play that was beyond sometimes what we see at college level and even NFL. These guys were athletic. They were hungry. They were making plays. And to get to see that through the player camera was really neat. So um, I'm definitely keeping an eye on, you know, those DBs and what they're doing. And, and, and I'm excited to see what happens next weekend. Well, you know, DBs win games, so that's a great uh, angle to be ta- paying attention to is, is the defensive back angle. If you're looking for Emily on Twitter, it's at M E M I L N E M. So it looks like it's Eminem. I always, it always takes me a minute. I always got to go slow with it, Emily, because you know I'm going to say Eminem, and it's not Eminem, it's Eminem. 
So. I can't tell you how many people have followed me thinking it's Eminem and then are sorely disappointed, but it's happened many times. Shane Victorino, I don't know if you remember that MLB yeah. player, he followed me thinking it was Eminem. I DM'd him, was like, thanks for the follow, man. Immediately realized it was not Eminem and unfollowed me. So, you know, <laughs> it, it happens. happens. Try and stick around. It's a fun ride, but, you know, it's not going to be... Uh, I'm not going to be sitting bars. I might sit some bars. I don't know, but not not to that level yet. There you go. Hey, well, great stuff. <laughs> we definitely appreciate you. SidelineSass.com. Check you out there. Thank you so much for your time. We always appreciate when we get to catch up with you. Absolutely. Hopefully I'll be able to see you guys next week ahead to Vegas for the draft. So maybe we can meet up in uh, person and talk some football. Yes, hit me up when you get here. We'll definitely do that. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. There she goes, Emily Van Buskirk. She's all over the place. That's awesome. Covering the USFL one weekend. She's in New York one weekend covering the Heisman. She's also covering the Army-Navy game. She's going to be in Vegas covering the draft. I mean, hey, man, it's it's a good time to have a good time. I'm not mad at that at all. Emily Van Buskirk does a fantastic job. Cover, uh, check her out on Twitter at E-M-I-L. <laughs> N-E-M. It looks like Eminem, but it's not Eminem. 345 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close up the show from Finley Cadillac. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Uh, Cadillac, Cadillac Grills, Cadillac, Cadillac Mills. Check out the oil, my, my. Cadillac. Yeah, buddy, we've had a Cadillac theme all day today as we're here live at Finley Cadillac. Just got a few more minutes in today's show. My man, Damon Cotton, who's behind the wheels of steel in the home studio, the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, has been doing a fantastic job, and I've been having fun hanging out here in the studio, checking out all the nice cars around me, and in a few minutes I get to walk around, check out the lot, check out the, check out the showroom floor. Not that I haven't done that multiple times already, but, you know. Never hurts to take another lap or two. You know, get your steps up for the day, right? I'm just doing it for some fitness. That's what I'm doing. I'm just doing it to get my steps up. So I feel like I've done what I'm supposed to do today. But no, this is I could be here every day. You want to set me up in this corner every day, we'd be good to go. Uh and 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 I'm sure that everyone would love for me to be super loud in this uh <laughs> in this showroom floor every single day. They're like, Man, what's this dude leaving? He's the loudest dude in the building. But it's a lot of fun being here. I was looking back at the Pro Football Focus mock draft simulator that uh, myself and Damon did live on the air, and uh, I went through and I did my grades again. I was so excited about it. Sean Ryan, who actually we had someone call in and give us that suggestion, I got him in round three at pick 86. I got a B plus. Pro Football Focus on the big board had him at number 90, so I took him a little higher than he was expected to go uh, at 86. And in round four, 126, I doubled down and got another tackle, Kellen Deesh out of uh, Arizona State. Pro Football Focus's big board, they had him at number 77. I got him at 126. You want to talk about value, that V word, value, A-plus right there. Then that's when I started to fall off the rails. Round five, pick 164, defensive lineman Curtis Brooks out of Cincinnati. Yeah, I got a C-plus for that one. Pro Football Focus had him at 160. I took him, I took, and I still I took him around the same, the same range, but he's just the quality of player. Probably could have got him in round seven, but I took him in round five. But I, the very next pick, I took 165, linebacker Micah McFadden out of Indiana. Uh, they had him at 164 on their big board, pro football focus that is. I got a B for that grade. So I was about right where I was supposed to be on that one. And then round seven, closed it out with 227, quarterback Brock Purdy from Iowa State. He's on pro football focus's board at 165. I got a B-plus for that. And then overall grade was A-minus. And DeMond is still angry about his uh, 
his board. He did it once. He only ran through it once. I'm kind of used to it now. You know, it's like oh, my- Q, don't worry. I'm in it now, and you can do it like a video game. You can use multiple teams. So now I'm doing the Titans and the Raiders draft at the same time right now. Okay, so now you're getting more creative. See, it's kind of it's one of those things, man. You do it, and you think, oh, this is whatever, you know. And then it's like, man, this is actually fun. Let me try it again. And so that's what happened to me last night. I just wanted to go through it once just to see what I was going to do and what I was going to get. And then when I did it and I didn't really like my results, I was like, man, let me try it one more time. I was like, ah, let me try it one more time. So then all of a sudden it's like I couldn't stop doing them. And now, I mean, I've done it twice already since we've been here at uh, the Cadillac dealership today. So you know how that is. It's just it's a lot of fun. So if you, if you get a chance, you want to you test your skills when it comes to making a, a, a draft, a mock draft. And, and, again, I did it without doing any trade backs. You, I mean, they, they allow you to trade, offer, you know, certain picks. I mean, you can move up to wherever you want to, move back. You, I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. I just tried to keep it, uh, you know what they say, keep it simple, stupid. I tried to do that. I tried to keep it simple, stupid because, well, I had enough problems just trying to get through five picks, let alone trading and getting value, this, that, and the other. So I think I did a decent job, but, again, it's not the easiest thing to do. So now DeMond's hooked. He's going to be doing that all night. So Vinny's in trouble. Vinny's going to be trying to do his show, and DeMond's going to be up there like, oh, I just missed out on the guy I wanted. Dang it. Well, there you go. <laughs> it is all good. So Vinny Bonsignor is going to be coming up next, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. He was also at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center earlier today for Dave Ziegler and his uh, media session. I'm sure Dave, I'm sure Vinny has a lot of good things to say because, uh, again, and you heard uh, Ed Graney earlier in the show today, just very impressed with what I heard from Dave Ziegler. I mean, just a, a guy who, who just sounded like he knew exactly what uh, he wanted and was talking about and just was – like I said, very as a matter of fact about it. So uh, Vinny's coming up. He's got plenty to tell you. Uh, he'll be excited about that. Got a text from Raider Jay in Sacramento that I wanted to go ahead and pass along before I signed off for today. He's in SAC. He says, Sports Radio here in Sacramento, they're hating on Derek's car, Derek Carr's contract. Meanwhile, they have hopes on keeping Debo Samuel. And we'll see how that whole situation shakes out. Uh, asked Ed earlier about it. Seems like the whole Devontae Adams trade and contract extension really got the ball rolling on everybody wanting to get paid and wanting to get paid right now, like that commercial. I want my money. I want it now. That's exactly what it seems like. So, uh, yeah, I think the Raiders might have really uh, lit a fire under the whole NFL and didn't even know they were doing it. They were just going out to get a hell of a player. And, of course, they did. Excited to see what happens with uh, with Devontae Adams and the offense and just to see how, how the Raiders put it all together. But uh, Vinny's coming up next. I'm checking out from uh, Finley Cadillac. Be back in the home studios tomorrow. DeMond, great job. Vinny, got you on deck, 4 to 6 p.m., and we'll holler. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.